brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. We made this. And welcome to the latest episode of Real Talk, the official movie podcast of the We Made This Network. I'm Dan Owen, your host for this instalment, and Real Talk is usually a place to discuss new movies and talk about some older films. However, we have something a little bit different planned for today. We're going to instead be discussing the pros and cons of physical media over digital purchases and streaming. So do you like the quality and tactility of owning a Blu-ray and proudly displaying it on a shelf? Or do you much prefer the ease and convenience of having a vast digital library at your fingertips? Joining me to discuss this topic is Mark Adams from three of this network's very own podcasts, Shipwrecked and Comatose, Right in the Childhood and Life's Milestones. So how are you today, Mark? Hello, I'm not too bad. I'm looking forward to having a bit of a chat. For a number of reasons, I've not managed to appear on Real Talk yet, but it is... um... One of our podcasts that I'm really keen to appear on, I just haven't been able to find the right time to watch the films as quickly as we need to. So when there was like a more casual chat that wasn't so time-based, I was like, ooh, I might do that then. Yeah, yeah, that's part of thinking really, just do something that's a bit uh, bit different, you know, so it's not tied to a particular film or anything. But it's a topic that... Um, causes a bit of debate online I've noticed there's plenty of articles written about this and obviously we live in a world where it's all very much going digital and streaming and if you're a certain age you probably don't ever buy blu-rays now but I believe you're kind of the same age as me 42 yeah 42 unfortunately yeah. I don't feel 42 yeah. and I like to think I don't look 42 <laughs> but I probably do look 42 Oh, well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> so like me, you've probably grown up um, buying VHS and then DVD. We've kind of gone through all the kind of home media formats, really. Um, Very much so. Can, yeah. Can you talk a bit about your kind of history with physical media? Did you always collect it or, or not? And, um, you know, did that begin when you were a child or a bit later in life? Yeah, I've always been a huge, huge collector, a very kind of... <sighs> I'm quite a materialistic human, I'm afraid. It would be wrong to say that I'm not. And from a very early age, I loved collections. I loved collecting magazines. I loved collecting key rings when I was really young. And as a grown-up, 
I've kind of got an art collection on my body. I suppose that's the ultimate collection is how heavily <laughs> tattooed I am. So throughout mm. my life, collections has been a huge thing for me. And someone said to me that that's a man thing, that women aren't as mm. interested in collections as men are. And I, I don't know if that's true, but I couldn't name you a friend of mine that I couldn't name their collection. Yeah, well, I think for women, it's mainly shoes, isn't it? You said that. Well, you know, <laughs> not to be too stereotypical, but... I've got know. quite a lot of shoes as well, though. I do have a shoe collection, uh, but, you know, gay, in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the collecting mentality, I don't know if it's gender-based, but, um, yeah, you, you may be right. I don't know too many women who have DVD Blu-ray collections. Maybe for some reason that's more of a man thing. I don't know. But, yeah, so uh, for me, anyway, it kind of began probably the late 90s with DVD. I was never really one to collect VHS. It was always just something that you rented from Blockbuster or whatever. I was and a obviously... huge VHS collector. Absolutely oh, right. okay. huge. I got my first mm. job in TJ Hughes at uh, 16, and I was paid £2.43 an hour, and basically a four-hour shift financed a Doctor Who video once a week. And I just <laughs> accrued this gigantic collection of Doctor Who videos and mm. Red Dwarf videos as well. As you know, I present a Red Dwarf podcast on the network. And I just had this huge library. But then, as I got a little bit older, I added a manga entertainment anime collection. I'm of that generation, I think uh, you are too, where... If you're around our age, you get manga and anime confused because the company that imported anime was called Manga Entertainment, dickheads. So I had a huge manga entertainment anime selection as well. And video after video, I just bought them every time I earned any money at TJ Hughes. And Mm. they sat on my shelf for a long, long time. A mm. long, long time. But I tell yeah. you what, they did get their wear, particularly the Doctor Who and <laughs> the Red Dwarf. I can still, to this day, pretty much quote entire scenes of Red Dwarf because my brother and I just sat there and just watched them again and again and again. Yeah, see, I mainly recorded off the TV for, for stuff like that. I did have Red Dwarf uh, uh VHS actually and Blackadder and a few other BBC type stuff and uh, I did re- did actually collect some Star Trek uh, in the 90s as well on VHS uh, but it was mainly always putting a tape in the machine and recording off the off the TV um, so it wasn't like a collection as such it wasn't like an official thing but I had loads of videos though in the in a cupboard somewhere um, but I think for everyone DVD is where collecting became more of a thing I think you know around the millennium kind of time when it really took off i think the matrix dvd was the one that i remember everyone bought you know to, yeah. to get that to get that film and um it just kind of took off i mean everyone had a dvd collection it, it seemed at the time and i definitely did and uh, i think just getting a dvd and seeing the picture quality increase over vhs which was amazing at the time uh it just kind of encouraged me to kind of upgrade everything so i had a, before too long i had a widescreen tv and had surround sound and it, it's all kind of it all kind of began Around for me anyway, like ninety eight kind of time, mm. ninety eight, ninety nine. Mm. Um, so I think that's, a, that's probably the case of a lot of people. Um, yeah, 
Did you change your format? So if you'd got videos that you were particularly fond of, did you then actually buy the DVD and get rid of the video? Or did you very much say, I've got the video, so I'm not buying the DVD? How did you approach that? Uh, well, well, like I say, I didn't, didn't really have many like official uh, VHS tapes, really. Um, so yeah, I mean, I did, I did eventually buy some like Blackadder DVDs and things, I suppose. So I kind of upgraded those. Um, but I didn't ever buy some, any Star Trek on DVD for some reason. So, uh, but obviously all the kind of tapes that I had of various films recorded off TV, uh, with all the adverts kind of like paused to kind of try and skip those, <laughs> you know, all that kind of thing. It's like a real big rigmarole, wasn't it? Back in the day yeah, trying, it was. trying to do that. So all of those videos, Kind of yeah yeah I kind of like bought the DVDs for those so they kind of like went in the bin um, or Ghostbusters and all the all the classics Black Back to the Future all those kind of things and just it was like seeing them again for the first time because obviously on um, TV at the time in the, in the 80s and 90s things weren't really shown in widescreen so I remember watching things like Ghostbusters and like I say Back to the Future and all the Indiana Jones all the kind of classic things you'd watch for people my age and your age. Um, I remember watching them again on DVD and just seeing like so much more of the picture um, on, on the edges and things. And so it was like kind of rediscovering films. So I think that's really what triggered my passion, you know, even more at the time. Do you not uh, remember widescreen releases? They used to cost an extra two pounds on the video release and you'd have two separate releases. You'd have the standard and the widescreen. And the widescreen would give you two black strips, one at the top and one at the yeah. bottom. Do you not remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Star Wars. Star Wars had that. I treated I myself to that. the fifth element on widescreen. But very yeah. few films did I like as much as that. So uh, I think I think The Matrix probably. And that's probably about it. That extra two quid mattered when you were a student. Yeah, it was interesting, interesting times. But yeah, not, obviously um, DVD eventually, well, I say disappeared, but it's still around, <laughs> which is another discussion, really. But it kind of was superseded by uh, Blu-ray around 2008. And did you embrace Blu-ray or, or uh, did you not? Not really. I think by the time Blu-ray came around, I got used to the idea that the incredibly expensive prices of videos followed by DVDs had come down and then Blu-ray suddenly jumped right back up to 20 quid for a for a film. And by Blu-ray's launch, really, I was already on Netflix. I was quite an early adopter for Netflix and Blu-ray never really, really got me. At least not initially. Whereas now, I won't buy DVD. I'll always buy Blu-ray. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I mean, I think Netflix started here in this country in about 2013, was it? Maybe 12. So there yes. was a few years where it was just Blu-ray, but you kind of like just thought, no, this Netflix thing is on the on the scene in America, and I'm kind of so, moving to that. So I was a subscriber to Screen Select, which then became Love Film, which then yeah. kind of became Amazon Prime, I think. But yeah. by the time the Amazon Prime came around, it was clear that digital media was very much the way it was going. And as soon as Netflix became available, I went for it. And I've subscribed to quite a lot of different stuff over 
like for, for like six months at a time, perhaps I've subscribed to the WWE Network, I've subscribed to Crunchyroll, but I always keep the constant of Prime and Netflix. Those are the two for me, and obviously more recently Disney Plus. So yeah, so that kind of takes me to streaming really. That that kind of came in and uh, you know like ten years ago or so. Uh, and since then, there's been this kind of battle between physical media and, and streaming, with people kind of embracing streaming more and more, and, and Blu-ray and now 4K Blu-ray is around, but it's kind of dying, I have to admit, you know, definitely the sales are not what they were in the in the days of DVD. Um, I feel like the battle has been won, and I know I'm on the opposite side of the fence to you on that one, but <laughs> it's so, so rare that I even think about buying a DVD or a Blu-ray now with so the one time I did it recently was it was £3.50 to rent a film on Amazon Prime and on Amazon itself the DVD was £3 so I actually bought Mm. the DVD to save myself 50p tight was okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah well yeah so you put that 50p to good use you know (laughs) <laughs> I, I didn't i spent it on sweets <laughs> all right uh yeah yeah okay so it sounds like you yeah this is where we get to the interesting part because it sounds like we've kind of like diverged so we were very similar in age as well so very similar people growing up and we both kind of collected dvd and then it kind of started to diverge a little bit and now that we're in the in the grip of streaming and there's so many different streaming services you've kind of really gone in with that and i have as well but I'm also maybe a bit of a sucker because I'm also paying still for the Blu-rays and 4Ks and stuff. I still see that as like the best way to watch films. Um, so do you, do you basically just go with with the you know with the fact that it's just cheaper and more convenient? What would what would you say is the the pros to streaming? So when we were younger, a video recorder was a huge investment. Every year, one thing is always predictable: postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. I would guess if we're looking with inflation... It would probably have cost the same as a PS4 or a PS5. The The amount it cost you to buy a video recorder was a huge investment. Similarly, a DVD player. Whereas now the only reason I have a Blu-ray and or DVD player is because I have a PlayStation. And I don't really feel like I would miss it that much if I didn't have it. Is it just the convenience then for you, the streaming? It's just, uh, yeah, that's just, what, that's just what's overtaken you know, and won the race for you. I think it's more that I actually have more films, TV shows to access than I could ever have actually afforded by buying them on DVD or on Blu-ray. And I don't watch live telly, so literally everything I watch is on streaming, basically. Even something like Drag Race, which I love and watch I don't use the word religiously, I'm I'm humanist. Watch without fail every week. But I don't watch that live. I wait until it's, well, on Netflix for the US 
and on BBC iPlayer for the British, Canadian and Australian versions. And I can wait a couple of hours after the broadcast because I don't base my life around telly anymore. Gone are the times where, you know, as we grew up in the 80s, if you missed WCW Worldwide at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, you'd, you'd miss WCW Worldwide. You didn't get to see it. And I think because I've experienced that growing up, that you had to time your life around telly. I think the convenience and the fact that I don't have to do that now is probably why I like streaming so much. There's a slightly different distinction, isn't there, between streaming and digital media in the sense that I can also see the value of streaming, especially when it comes to television, because it is so much more convenient to go on Netflix and watch a TV show. You can binge it in a weekend or whatever. Um, It will keep track of where you are, so you don't have to think about it. You don't have to keep swapping discs like in the old days of a DVD box set or anything like that. I can totally see why streaming works for TV. Um, But it's more really, I I think for me, the distinction between digital media and physical media. It's kind of like people who go on iTunes and they choose to download like the latest Star Wars film or whatever, for example. Uh, They choose to download it there um, rather than buy the 4K, for example, uh, Blu-ray. And... I, I, and, and for me, I just think, well, if you're such a fan of Star Wars, that's the kind of film that you that you, you buy, you know, however you buy it, you'll, you'll buy it because you're a fan. If you're such a fan, why would you not want the best possible way of experiencing it and to own it? And if you're a fan of something, you tend to want to like own something and kind of proudly display it on a shelf. Surely the best possible experience is the cinema. Yeah, yeah. But you can't always experience that, can you? You've got like a certain window for that. And for the rest of your life, you know, you're not going to see it in the cinema, um, very rarely anyway. It's, it's going to be on a streaming service or, you know, or, or a download or um, on disc. So this is and, a question and, then. I can't really tell the difference between a Blu-ray and a stream of the same film. And I don't have a particularly expensive telly. So... Do you feel like this is potentially a class thing that people with the most high-tech telly might be able to tell the difference more easily than someone with a telly that's a bit more budget like mine? So I'm not bothered about the difference in quality because I can't really see it. Maybe maybe hmm. it's, maybe it's nothing to do with class. Maybe it's to do with the fact that I'm a specky git. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because I think people... yeah. People forget that most most people buying any type of film, yeah, they, they may be, maybe it's not like their passion in life. It's just it's just a bit of entertainment for them. So they maybe don't have a very up-to-the-date TV or anything like that. They maybe don't have surround sound or whatever. And they're quite happy still buying a DVD in some cases or, or just using Netflix. And they don't really care about the quality. So you're right, really, yeah. There's probably... There's maybe maybe a bit of snobbery comes into it because it's the people who've got like the big 4K TVs and the and the and the amazing Dolby Atmos surround sound systems. Obviously, they're the kind of people who want want like the optimum experience. So for those people who are very lucky, sat at home getting these kind of like almost cinema quality experiences in their own home, for them, looking at people who are who are just streaming Netflix or something or downloading the same film on iTunes and and on a TV that you know, was bought 10 years ago or whatever and they don't have surround sound, 
such an inferior experience they just can't fathom why you do that so maybe there is a bit of yeah like a like a, I don't want to say class distinction but yeah there's definitely maybe something to that that most people just don't have um a home theater yeah. maybe these days you you tend to assume everyone does but they they really don't no i don't and i feel that i would happily watch grainy red dwarf a hundred times over I don't know, something that's not so good these days. Later seasons of uh, Big Bang Theory. I would happily watch series one of Red Dwarf on VHS over the best possible fucking quality ever of the last series of Mm. Big Bang Theory. So for me, it's not really about how beautiful it is on the screen because... Even the cheapest of modern tellies, you've got a good picture compared to, well, black and white when I was a kid. I had a black and white telly growing up. And then I had a telly the size of a postage stamp, the colour one. So maybe I'm just not looking at it in the same way as massively kind of film nerdy types who they would... You know, I, I spend my money on other things that people might say is a frivolous way of spending your money but for me buying the best telly because of the income i don't have would have been frivolous so i don't know i've already i've also lost my point but Mm. i've got a vague i've got a vague (laughs) thrust haven't i okay well how about how about hypothetically if you were given or you won uh, like a top top of the range tv and the surround sound and all the rest of it so you had all the kit, like money was no object to you. You had all the all the kit. Do you think you would still, in your heart of hearts, choose to just go with a 4K Netflix stream or download the film on iTunes because it's cheaper and easier? Or would you want to kind of like make use of your equipment and stuff and, and, and buy the kind of like best way you can view something? So you'd go for the 4K disc if money was no object and you had all the kit. I'd definitely give it a look and see if I could tell the difference. But I don't know. I can't answer that because I haven't <laughs> been able to see this kit, this imaginary kit that I can never afford. Um, I think I would probably, out of the pure convenience, stick with streaming for on the most part. But that's what I do anyway. If it's something that I absolutely, truly adore, more out of wanting to own a physical version of it, I will buy the the Blu-ray. So I've got the Blu-ray of Red Dwarf. I keep going back to Red Dwarf, but you know, I like Red Dwarf. I've got a Red Dwarf fucking podcast. But also, I actually went back and bought my favourite anime. You know, I was talking about my anime from my childhood. I went back and bought that on DVD when they released the super, super swanky version of it. But again, the Blu-ray, it wasn't for the film quality. It wasn't for the restoration. It was for the extras. Stuff like being able to see the Japanese, uh, being able to see the original Japanese version with the original Japanese soundtrack rather than the British dub with the British soundtrack. That was, you know, that was like a a fan wank anomaly that I'd never been able to access before. So I get that when it comes to Blu-rays. If there's a lot of extra stuff and it's something you're a massive fan of, go for it. And I I do do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's rare. But, there's nothing that there's yeah. not that many things that I'm such a massive fan of that I want all the extras because nine times out of ten, unless it's something I'm a really massive fan of, I won't watch them. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it sounds to me then like um, in the days of the DVDs, when you were collecting those, it was more like that was just the only option sort of thing, so you kind of had to buy them. And But now there's this choice, you'll kind of just go with what's more convenient because there's, there's no real point to, to getting like the, the, like the, the best quality picture and sound available if your TV obviously isn't up to the, up to scratch with that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, for, for me... Um, I still prefer physical media, but I'm I'm kind of torn because the main the main problem in my head is that physical media is undoubtedly better. Um, if you if you do watch like the same film on Netflix or, or whatever versus a, a 4K, you, I, I will admit that you can't tell the difference so much with the picture nowadays. I think the streaming's got very good with the picture quality, even though it is kind of compressed and on all the rest of it, and uh, you get this banding sometimes in the black areas and things. But generally, the picture's good. I think the audio is still where physical media massively trumps um, any kind of streaming. Uh, if you go around someone's house, maybe, and you, and you watch a 4K one day, um, and they've got surround sound, I mean, just like you know, the, the amount of volume that comes out of the speakers and the, and the way the, the, the sound passes around the channels and things, it does bring a whole new dimension. And, and something that you watched on Netflix suddenly just seems... <laughs> like next level next level Dan, kind of thing on, on... I've been to the cinema I know what fucking surround sound is <laughs> yeah well there you go you have that in the comfort of your own, of your own I home. would love that I've never had it yeah <laughs> but it's also like you like you say the extras you tend to get more extras on the, on the discs and things but how about like the, the packaging how about the sense of ownership of having like an, an item that you can kind of put a value in you actually like to have it on a shelf to sort of say look I'm a massive fan of this and yeah it's there to be seen and there is very different isn't it but i think it's old-fashioned i remember maybe 10 or 15 years ago you'd go around someone's house and if you wanted to get to know them you'd have a a a butcher's at their bookshelf you'd have a perv at their dvd shelf and then you'd have something to talk about and i always used to do that and it's all it's almost something that i miss because people can't do that with me anymore. I, I don't really have so many books. I've kept the ones that really matter to me. And they're on the shelf. And they can talk about ones that I really, really, really like. But I've got rid of most of my books. Because I like my Kindle. The exception to that is comics. I've got a lot mm-hmm. of comic books. I won't, I won't do digital comics. I don't like them. I, 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 they, they mess my head doesn't work with a digital comic but a book all day long audio books or um on a kindle these days yeah see i've got a kindle as well so i've kind of like gone the digital route with books for sure so yeah maybe i'm a bit of a hypocrite <laughs> but uh, still with, <laughs> with with films I, I still i mean you can't obviously see but like to my right right now i've got like a big kind of bookshelf there's somebody's really old-fashioned like me um full of dvds and things uh and I just, I just like that, you know. Not a lot of people see it, you know, especially during the lockdown. Yeah. But you know, I know it's there. I know I, I take pride in the collection, sort of thing. It's, it's kind of that versus everyone's got the same Netflix, so there's no kind of like value in, in like somebody, somebody who's a film fan and they subscribe to all the streaming services. There's, no, there's nothing cool about that to me. It's just like, well, everyone can access that, you know. But somebody who's got a shelf full of their favourite films and all these kind of different editions and things and Criterion editions and, and all the rest of it, steelbooks and whatever, there's something cool about that. And even with music, somebody who's got like a whole, whole shelf full of CDs versus someone who's got a Spotify app, 
You know, I just so much prefer the person who's got right. the CDs. Full confession, I do have a bit of a story about why I actually prefer digital media. And it all comes down to how I lost my entire CD collection. I didn't choose to get rid of my CD collection. I lost it. And um, it was about maybe three or four years ago now. I was driving home from... uh, I'm a gig... Well, I'm one of those gig workers, you know, the uh, the gig the gig economy. Uh, I was driving home from a wrestling show and it was late. And I... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't remember what happened. I'm guessing I fell asleep at the wheel, but I have no real memory of what happened. Apparently, the, the paramedic said to me that that's normal. You may never remember what happened, and I never did. But I had a horror crash where I bounced off three sides of the motorway and ended up ploughing the front of my car. It was... I walked away and I shouldn't have. So I was very, very fortunate. I... um, It changed the way I look at a lot of things, to be honest with you. I always believed you have one life and that you should live it, but it really emphasised that, you know? But I, I was found on the motorway, um, kind of completely confused, trying to phone my then partner rather than the uh, than an ambulance or anyone else to actually help. I, I, I wanted to tell him that I was all right. And um, <laughs> I don't know why, because he wouldn't have known. Um, but so I was in shock, basically. And the car was destroyed. So when that happens you then have to go and collect all the stuff from all the stuff that was in it from like a a collection point but for whatever reason my cds weren't there because what i'd done was because the only place i listened to cds was in the car i'd put them all in two gigantic um cd cases that you i slid under the, the passenger seats so i'd got every cd i'd ever owned in that car and when they were taken away from me that hurt i'd hardly used them for like 10 years i'd been a massive spotify convert but there is an absolute comfort in having this or it was almost a snapshot of my taste at university in the early thousands that i was proud of when i was cool and when i was into music rather than (laughs) listening to queen all the time on fucking spotify and um Losing that did really hurt for a while. And 
then I realised almost all of those records I can listen to on Spotify. And in fact, I listened to them more for a period of time after losing those CDs because it reminded me of those discs. So I think that's what really kind of made me think, I don't need these physical things. And I live in a pokey little flat now and I haven't got space for a hundred and thousand DVDs. I had a massive clear out of DVDs that I realised that's on Netflix. That I will never watch again. That I don't even fucking like. And I stuck them all on Ziffit and made a few quid for the deposit that I couldn't Mm. really afford for the new flat. So, (laughs) I don't know. I don't miss these physical things other than what you're saying. This, this is my personality. This is what I'm into. Look at me. Here's a bookcase full of my shit that makes me interesting this is this is my taste for you to see i really feel like that's the only thing i've lost by cutting down physical media to just and even books down to the smallest amount i haven't like got rid of everything i've still got my red dwarf i've still got my cyber city oedo 808 which was the anime i was talking about still got (laughs) fifth elements and a few others and you know i've got my playstation games too but no, I've got a tiny little shelf now, and doesn't bother me whatsoever. No, 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 that's fine. You know, sometimes it's kind of, um, yeah, it's probably a good, maybe a good thing to kind of have a smaller collection anyway. You know, some, sometimes uh, you can go a bit crazy. I don't know if you've seen on YouTube, but people literally collect thousands and thousands of, of Blu-rays of things that they probably only ever watch once, if that. Yeah, They're just doing it to, to collect. You know, I, I sometimes quite envy the people who who literally have like a hundred like a hundred limit and they just just buy a hundred blu-rays or whatever and they just kind of like keep it to that number and it's always just there like their extreme favorites and that's they're just a really very, nice um, idea actually i'm not quite yeah. that extreme i tell you when i do buy dvds and blu-rays is when it is impossible to get them on streaming so for example the network is eventually launching a show about forgotten gems of tv And a lot of the shows I wanted to cover on that, like Robin of Sherwood, Ultraviolet, Crime Traveller, and a few others like that, these BBC or ITV shows that are fondly remembered, but ultimately not very easy to find, that's when I buy the... It's it's DVD, because I'm not so bothered about the quality. It's more the quality of the programme that's my priority. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I can't remember the figures now, but there's, there's a very interesting stat. I wish I had it to hand now, but something about, about how many films in the world have been released on DVD or, or Blu-ray, and it was like it was like in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands. And then, interestingly, streaming, which you'd think would be on par with that, was very, very, very far below. So there's definitely like you can get a lot more on physical media if you know where to look. Yeah, but I think that's also changing. That um, some something like. Troma, for example, they made a very, very early decision to put all of their out-of-print DVDs on YouTube, and they made an absolute killing on that, even though it was like 0.5p per view, because these were DVDs that were selling for £50 in some extreme cases. Like, I tried to get a copy of Rabid Grannies on DVD, and every time I looked on the, on eBay, I was like, fuck you. So um, I watched Rabid Grannies on YouTube for free. And it's got 
hundreds of thousands of watches. And these are things that they've already made their profit from. So these old films, the trauma just stuck them all up and made some extra money off them. And bravo, because they weren't making money from these extortionate eBay sales, but they made money from Mm. the free views on YouTube. So Mm. I think that's ace. I think bringing those ludicrous films to a new generation or indeed an old generation who don't want to pay insane amounts it's nothing but mm. a positive thing yeah yeah exactly yeah I, I, um yeah i didn't didn't know about that it's, it's an interesting way of doing it put it on youtube i suppose there's adverts there isn't there so it, that's how they generate the money so it's a little bit different to uh you know studios putting things on itunes and whatever and obviously apple take a big cut of that when you purchase something but yeah i mean even though i'm kind of talking from the from the perspective of a physical physical media collector um i am very aware that within the next decade maybe it will completely change if it hasn't already <laughs> and um streaming will get better you know bandwidths will get better and soon the audio will be just as good i'm sure one day in the future and there'll be less and less reason to buy the physical media and, it, and there is so many more benefits to to uh, having a digital collection i mean i recently went on um apple itunes um for you know, the movie section there and just uh, just one example is um, I think Speed recently came out on 4K, and it's twenty pounds uh, to I'll buy. Get in H- the H- sea! Yeah, twenty pounds HMV I think uh, Amazon. 20, no, they're all selling it for twenty pounds. Twenty quid good. for Speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know, new new restoration or rest of it. Um, but uh, I mean, twenty pounds is not not bad. I mean, sometimes these things are twenty five, aren't they, and stuff. So twenty pounds. Um, you know, it's there to buy, you know. So, but if you go on the uh, iTunes, it's 4K, you know. And like I say, the, you know, the audio won't be as good for sure, but the, the picture will be, you know, uh, will be decent, you know, 4K there. Um, guess how much that was on iTunes? £3.50. Yeah, close, £4. £4. Mm. <laughs> and that's the so thing. It's, as, it's, it's the same. mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same as a video shop. You used to pay... A little bit more than you wanted to, to rent a video. And you might watch it twice because you paid a little bit more than you wanted to. It's the same vibe, 25 years on. Hmm, yeah. So that that kind of thing, I mean, purely, it's like a head and heart thing, isn't it? I mean, my, my heart says I love physical media. I love, I love like, when, when it comes through the door from Amazon or wherever you buy from, you open it up and it's all there, you know, got the packaging, got the artwork... You know, you've got all the extras and stuff. And you know that's going to be like a great experience when you play it. You put it on your shelf, all these kind of perks. But then you look at the, uh, you know, your, your head comes into it. And then you start looking at the price that you're paying for these things. And especially when you go into like special editions and, and stuff like that, you can be paying like £50 for I mean, the new uh, Dune's come out, hasn't it, just today. I think Arrow Video is selling Dune on, uh, you know, 4K with different variations of it steelbooks and things i mean it's like 45 pound i think for the top version for dune you know <laughs> you know so it's kind of crazy prices and that that will be on itunes for like six pound so, eight pound or something very so soon. here's so a comparison that i definitely wanted to bring up at some point on this show i'm a huge huge fan of buffy the vampire slayer and when that was released on dvd i would buy each series the day of release and a series of Buffy on DVD, bearing in mind this was like late 90s, early 1000s, was £80 a shot. Mm. So, okay. with a little bit of inflation guessing, probably about 120 quid in real modern money you were paying for your DVD release 
of Buffy and Angel, which I would always get on the day of release. I'd save for it and make sure I had the money for it because it was my show. Angel and Buffy are now on Disney+. And you pay £60 a year for Disney+. So you've got all of Buffy, all of Angel, The Mandalorian, everything else that you could possibly want from Disney+, for 20 quid less... And maybe, arguably, with inflation, half the price of what it cost for one series of Buffy. And that's got to be a positive thing with access and people being able to see these shows and have the choice compared to, you've spent your 80 quid, you've got that DVD. You haven't got The Mandalorian to watch instead. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. But I mean, the counterpoint to that is that when you, if you own the Buffy DVD or Blu-ray set, you own it. You don't have to keep subscribing continually for Disney, which is obviously a good deal to do that. But you know, one day uh, it may not be available for whatever reason online, and but you have you own it. I mean, one one thing that's happened recently is that Amazon have recently bought MGM, mm-hmm. so it's quite feasible, and it's already actually. Uh, happens in America, but uh, Amazon will maybe have all of the James Bond films um, on Prime, That's which cool. would be great, you know, for the same... Yeah, exactly, you know, good good thing, you know. Um, but what's the betting Amazon, <laughs> with their new kind of partner, you know, the, the new purchase of MGM, I doubt they'll be wanting to put out a, a, a box set of all the James Bond films on Blu-ray anytime soon, if it's like a selling point of their service that it's all there to stream. Mm. So give it, you know, so all of a sudden people who don't want to line the pockets of Amazon for various reasons, it's quite a controversial company for some people, people who don't want to get involved in Amazon, you know, but the James Bond fans, they have got no alternative now. You've either got to sign up to Amazon potentially to get to see James Bond in the future or not. I mean, luckily I've got a James Bond set that goes up to, I think, Skyfall or something like the, the edition they put out for the 50th anniversary. Yeah. So for me, I've got all of those, and no one's ever going to take those away from me. You know, versus digital is very—it's uh, more of a fluid thing, isn't it? You're not—you don't actually own these things. Obviously, you're, you're streaming them. But even with iTunes, if you read the small print, when you download a film in iTunes, you don't actually own the film. You kind of like own a license to watch it whenever you want. Yeah, there's still potential for for Apple to lose the rights for some reason to Speed in, in, in the previous example. What? And all of a sudden, Speed disappears from your digital library. And you paid £4, it's not a lot of money, but what if it happens to, like, loads of films in the future? Well, it's true. Couldn't, I, you, you have a valid point, but my counter to that would be, if you've got thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds of physical media across all, all your... Um, all your all your interests, books, CDs, DVDs, Blu-rays, whatever, and you have a horror car crash or your house burns down, something like that. All those hmm. digital, all those physical things burn. Whereas if you lose your phone, you buy another one and you've got your Netflix back. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, you could argue, and uh, some people do this, they do make digital backups of their stuff, but you'd have to be pretty hardcore to do that. <laughs> I know people do it. They do uh, have like a, a you know a hard short. drive somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't do, I don't do that. But I know people that would be their argument. I've, I've heard people make that argument before that you have you can make your own digital backups and play it through. Then Plex you might as well have digital copies in the first place. 
Yeah, yeah. But I suppose they like having the bookshelf with the packaging. <laughs> They've obviously got a bigger house than I have. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I don't think we're going to crack this because it's one of those things where I can see both sides and I, and I like the convenience and portability and the price of uh, streaming and the ease of use, you know. Uh, but I also just like owning something. I like having it physically to hand. I like displaying it. So it's kind of like, at the minute, I can do both. So yeah. So, but I just, I, just, I just wonder that in the future, I'm just you know, as streaming becomes better and better, it will kind of be a shame, I think, when it does disappear for various reasons we might look back on these days and think do you remember the days when you didn't have to subscribe to like eight or ten different yeah. streaming uh, services just to, just to get your films that you used to just buy from a shop i think we're both kind of centrist on this i just happen to be well let's say more left and you happen to be more right on the issue yeah i think most people are like this and I do think I would be closer to your opinion had I not been forced to think about it more with the crash. So, yeah. you know, it's it's fine to like both, I think. And I'm fascinated where we're going to go, whether or not it will be... that There might be almost like a renaissance of physical media when you have all these streaming services that are taking the piss. And I do think that's possible. Mm. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I imagine it might go the direction that um, physical media becomes a very niche collector's thing. Um, so you don't really have HMV selling it to the masses anymore. You just have, like, little boutique stores or something, or it's all online and you buy it wherever. But, uh, has it's just HMV catering gone for bust collectors. again this week, has it? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still, a horrible still around. human being. Is it three <laughs> times, four times now, HMV? Yeah, I think they've been bought by a Canadian company, haven't they, at the minute? Um, Sunrise, okay, called, something like that. But yeah, they're still going. Um, but you know, but HMV sell vinyl records, so maybe you know, physical media will become as cool as that in the future. All the kids will be coming back to DVD and Blu-ray because uh, there's something just inherently hipster about that. Yeah, that's probably true. And um, you know, there's a massive market for retro consoles. CEX are still selling you a Nintendo 64 or a SNES. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. There's a massive one... market for nostalgia. That that's that's a mm. huge deal. I think it, nostalgia gets bigger and bigger as you know millennials, particularly millennials, get older. Their nostalgia is going to be even bigger than the nostalgia of Gen Xers because they had more things to be nostalgic about. We've got like the Spectrum and the sixty four, but they've got. So many more games, so many more video games, so many more films. Everything has become bigger as we've got older, which means that nostalgia has more to grasp onto. Yeah, but, but the things that they're nostalgic for are all the kind of remakes of things that we had, first of all. <laughs> it's, I don't know what, what what new has come about in the past 10, 20 years, apart from Harry Potter and... I don't know what could, what could you include that's like an original thing it seems to be all remakes of stuff from the 80s nowadays transformers and stuff that's a good point but i think it's a conversation for another time <laughs> another another thing yeah but one one added uh thing i forgot to mention about streaming that i i, I do think is a definite plus uh more with um, this is an itunes apple thing really but they actually um updated um everyone's hd purchases to 4k for free so you don't get that with a physical, with a physical collection. You know, nobody came yeah. around my house and replaced all my DVDs with Blu-rays one year. 
So I was, <laughs> that so, would have been amazing. Uh, I, I wish they did, but yeah. So I, I was quite envious of that. It did make me think that. Oh, hang on. You know, if you buy something on iTunes, maybe it's kind of massively future proofed. Because hopefully yeah. they'll do that again and it'll be upgraded to 8K or whatever we well, go to next. You know, you've got to remember CDs and DVDs. Apparently, were future proofs. They're not. They get scratched like records. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Do you remember when we were actually believing that shit? That you could like basically throw a DVD at the wall like a mini disc and it wouldn't make a difference. We actually were sold on that bollocks. And um, <laughs> it wasn't true. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching Tomorrow's World, I think, and they said that. <laughs> yeah, thanks Tomorrow's World. Where's my fucking robot? Where's my house robot that does the cleaning? <laughs> Uh, right. Well, I think I don't think we've uh, solved this problem, but um, it's been interesting to talk about. Um, I don't think I've changed your opinion. I think you'll still continue with the streaming more than anything. It's the, uh, it's the cost to replace everything I've lost and or sold. Yeah. I just don't need it or want it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if my collection disappeared in the fire, like you're saying, then I, I probably would maybe you know embrace streaming a lot more. Maybe maybe it's just that kind of thing that's like I'm kind of like it's like a ball and chain isn't it it's kind yeah. of stuck on me and I, you can't break free of it but if you ever do then you maybe will embrace the future and and all of that so yeah but for now anyway, I've got, I've got collections. and if you're naturally hoarders you can have a video you can have a dvd on your rack that you watched once 15 years ago but you're not going to throw it away because it's part of your collection and that's that's human nature i hoard or at least i used to but i think part of my actively trying to not be a hoarder anymore is why i'm resisting physical media and sticking with digital i think so what's your uh, favorite film is that of interest or franchise or something what's something that's like a passion apart from red dwarf favorite film is probably the fifth element or sin city okay so if they came out on like a deluxe DVD or uh, Blu-ray package, you would not buy it, or would you? I did. Or would you buy it? You did. Oh, okay. So for you, it's still <laughs> like old uh, that I did, you know. <laughs> like the Fifth Element came out recently, didn't it? On 4K. Um, yeah. So, so you'd you'd still kind of buy that. Um, I would look like at favorite. it and look at the extras rather than be bothered about yeah. the 4K elements. Right. Okay. So, so for you, it's more, more like the extras is the thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, for me, that makes more sense. People who are massively into streaming, but they just kind of like um, choose their absolute favourites. That's what they buy. I can totally understand that. That's kind of like in the in the in the middle ground, isn't it? Of yeah. People who just uh, you know they like they have the convenience ninety percent of the time, but they have a nice ten percent of their favourites, and they will always buy those again and again. All the Indiana Jones That's films, probably and the Star me, Wars to be films, with you. And that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I, I don't think I've got much more to add unless you have. No, I've had a nice chat. It's, fe- it's felt like we've been up the pub when we've actually been sat <laughs> at our computer with a microphone in front of us. Yeah, yeah. With a nice uh, nice screen uh, screen sort of uh, in my eyes. It's getting quite dark where I am. So uh, we better call it, a, call it a night, I think. Well, thank you for having me, Dan. It's been loads of fun. That's great. No, no problem. It's been nice to have a chat. Um, so remember, Real Talk is part of the We Made This podcast network and the various ways you can watch movies at home isn't the only thing being discussed here. A little taste from other podcasts the network offers can be heard in just a moment. But for now, we'll hopefully see you next time for more Real Talk. Elsewhere on We Made This. The Movie Palace. 
Yeah, I can remember my first year in The Sound of Music quite distinctly, actually, because <laughs> it was eight days ago. Um, <laughs> You've never seen it before that? Eight days ago was the first time I'd sat down to watch it from start to finish. Now, I always associate The Sound of Music, it's, it's interesting that you both talk about it as an Easter thing. It is associated with bank holidays here, but I don't think it's just Easter. Um, so I had seen a lot of these um, sequences. I think if I was inside on a bank holiday when I was a child and the sound of music was on, it was normally a bad thing because it meant it was raining and I couldn't go out and play football. Shipwrecked and Comatose, a Red Dwarf podcast. I've got five tattoos. So I'm, I, I started getting tattoos when I was um, about five years ago and it was just sort of one by one, I guess. So not, not huge coverage, but I'm definitely... Uh, got the bug so to speak so uh <laughs> but the late the latest one was is the is the red dwarf one yeah and that's the one you've decided to talk about today describe it for me yeah free with this month's issue obviously you must remember the sign in musical exchanges i do, do indeed. not play yeah there was a few riffs weren't there that you weren't allowed to this being top of them. Enter Sandman, Smoke on the Water, Stairway to Heaven, anything widdly above the 12th fret, I think that's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people that paid no attention to that shit. Remember when we yeah. almost got thrown out for playing with that delay pedal? <laughs> yes. It was amazing. I also remember the day that I went in with my birthday money to musical exchanges to buy a pedal, and I ended up buying the Boss Hyper Metal, and I was insisting to the bloke that I was buying it from. I was like, I don't really play much metal, I just like the sound of it. I want to use it for sort of, you know, more experimental sound. It's like, you're wearing a Metallica T-shirt. <laughs> I'm not that into metal, actually. I want to do something more like swans with it, like uh, My Bloody Valentine, that kind of thing. Which I did, but I was wearing a Metallica t-shirt at the time. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.